All right, Numbers 13, and we'll read verse, we'll begin with verses 1 and 2, which say this. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your goodness and grace. And Lord, again, that we can come together and Lord, be with one another and pray for one another. Lord, again, we think about the many requests tonight. We think of Pam and Sonny. Lord, please touch them. Uh, dear God, work miracles and raise them up. We think of Sister McLean's sister. Lord, I pray that they resolve these complications and uh, she would be well. <coughs> we think of uh, Sister Muxlow's, uh, their n- nephew, and uh, Lord, uh, uh, the need there, watch over them with uh, that uh, procedure. <coughs> Lord, uh, we thank you for Brother David and uh, those that are with him and the witness uh, that he is at the uh, uh, clinic there, Lord, and that you just continue to work through them. Uh, dear God, to be a witness that people would uh, be saved. Lord, even this uh, a testimony that uh, Pam uh, gave, Lord, uh, Lord, it's, uh, your word teaches us, Lord, that judgment uh, for uh, these things should be swift. And Lord, sometimes uh, these things happen, but Lord, I'm glad uh, that it was something that was able to be resolved so there can be justice, uh, Lord, which is uh, the right thing. And uh, Lord, you know of the, the unspoken request and the burdens upon uh, people's hearts. And Lord, I'm glad that we can be there for one another and pray for one another. Now again, help us uh, through your word for our desire, Lord God, is to be faithful servants. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Of course, uh, you know, uh, we had the, uh, the elections last night, and uh, so I'm sure uh, people uh, uh, walked away, walked around today uh, uh, pretty uh, upset. But, you know, think about attitude. That's what I want to talk a little about tonight. You know, uh, that's an important thing, attitude and our response to things. Now, let me give you a simple definition of uh, attitude, then talk about it a little bit more. Of course, a simple definition is the position or posture one takes in times of trouble. <laughs> How do you respond uh, to those things? All right? Uh, let me, uh, you know, and of course, you know, atti- attitude uh, matters, how our attitude is. And of course, when you're, you're dealing uh, with people. And so, of course, a, a proper attitude, uh, of course, you know, uh, just, just having one in work and going through life uh, uh, communicates confidence, hope, and excitement. I mean, the way you, you carry yourself, your attitude, right? After all, we all prefer to follow someone who believes he can take us where we want to go, especially when the road ahead looks uh, challenging, right? You don't want uh, somebody that's uh, 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 negative about everything. And as believers, a proper attitude Right, communicates again uh, 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 confidence and hope and excitement, and uh, uh, and all of this, of course, encourages those uh, around them to keep going even when things get tough. I mean, having the right attitude uh, when things go tough, you know. Uh, I'm sure I, I've mentioned this when uh, when I was in uh, Africa a few years back, and and uh, you know we ended up getting stranded 200 something miles. Uh, you know, in the, in the, in the jungle. And then we got kicked out of this village and, uh, you know, we're having to walk through the uh, jungle with all of our stuff and try to find our way uh, through there. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the guys that I was with, you know, there's three of us, you know, he just sort of, you know, lost it for a minute and uh, he took all the stuff and just threw it down, you know, and all that. And I just looked at him, I said, whoa, you need to stop right there. I said, this is not happening. I said, this is no big deal, right? 
All right, Lord knows we're at. We're going to be all right. Okay, we're going to stick together, and uh, we're going to work through this thing. So just pick your stuff up, you know, let's go, right? You know, and I wasn't getting on him because I might be the one to do it next. But, you know, uh, that's why it's good to have a team because, you know, when uh, one of them has the weak moment, the other ones can pull them up. But, uh, you know, that's important. And, of course, your attitude as a believer, of course, like most things, is a choice, is a choice. And it affects more than your own actions. It has a significant impact on the attitudes and actions of those around you, especially if you're a parent, <laughs> right? Uh, the way you uh, carry yourself and respond to things, right? Those kids, uh, those children are watching you, uh, aren't they? So believers with a proper attitude, right, should intentionally steer their focus, their beliefs, that's the key, their beliefs, right, and their assumptions in the right direction, Right? Believers should focus more on being grateful right, for positive circumstances than on complaining about negative ones. Right? Believers should choose to believe that outcomes will be positive in the end. Right? Romans 8, 28, right? that's what we're supposed to think if we're, if we're trusting God, if we've turned that situation over to God. And that is the key to Romans 8, 28. You know, Romans 8, 28 is conditional. A lot of people forget that. Right? All things work to good. Well, all things work to good if you follow those conditions and you turn those things over and you're trusting God's will and leading on God's will to be done. So a proper attitude can make the difference, of course, between uh, winning in a situation and losing, between reaching the summit, if you will, and turning back, and between achieving your goals and falling apart in a situation. So uh, those that uh, you uh, uh, influence, uh, whether it's in your family or uh, 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 others, right, will follow your example and press on with you even when things get tough, right? If you've ever been in the military or, again, been part of a team that's had to go through things. And, of course, we know that attitude is contagious. So let's work as believers to cultivate the right one, right? And it'll take you and those that you're part of a team with a lot farther than you expect. Now, of course, uh, uh, a, a, uh, as a believer, a proper attitude should be based on something, right? You know, there's people that just go, you know, the power of positive. Well, I don't believe in that, right? Even though in one sense, right, you want to have positive things. But, hey, our, our positive attitude is based upon something, right? The fact that we trust God in every situation. Believers, right, shouldn't live in la-la land, as they, as they say it. Now, to my grandkids, that's Aunt Renata's house, because call, they call her Aunt Lala. I don't know where that came from. But, uh, all right, we, believers shouldn't live in la-la land, right? We're not a bunch of airheads. We know what we believe, and so the way we respond to things is based upon that. So for us, our right attitude is what? Based, of course, and rooted in the promises of God's Word. Right? In the Bible, those that trusted God in a situation usually had a good attitude, as we're going to see here. Those that focused on circumstances or something else usually had a negative attitude. And, of course, these verses are one of the best uh, examples of that. So looking back here to Numbers 13, and here we see in verses 1 and 2 that God told Moses to send some people in to Canaan land. Now, you know the story, so I don't have to go to into all of it here, but let's just drop down to verse 30, and we see what happened. We know they went in, and we know what happened when they came back, so we'll look at verse 30, and it says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. I like that attitude. Hey, man, we got this. 
that's the like type of attitude uh, that I, I like to have, right? It's uh, it's not always easy, but hey, we got this. That's what was Caleb's attitude. I like that. That's the type of attitude I like. But the men that went up with him said, "We be not able to go up against this people. For look at this, for they are stronger than we." And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched of the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search, it is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which some of the come of the giants. And we were in our own sight, look at that, in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their uh, sight. So, of course, as we've seen before, and in most circumstances, the naysayers normally outweigh those with uh, the positive attitude and those with faith and willing to trust God. And, of course, we all face giants, and we know that some giants are taller than others, right? Some are taller than others. But the question, again, is how do we deal with them? What is our normal response and attitude? Again, all right. Of course, uh, uh, notice something verses 31 and 32. And what you'll see when you already have a negative attitude. Right. You know, some people, they just, you know, have that cloud over their head. Right. Like uh, Schlepperock. Anybody remember Schlepperock? Right. I forget what cartoon that was. Right. He was always negative. We're doomed. We'll never make it. He was always like, oh, you remember her? You don't name Sister Amy. Right. Well, you see this. Right. And when you have a negative attitude already, you tend to make things look or sound worse than they really are. Right. Everything's exaggerated in your mind when you already have a negative attitude. You sort of see that in these people right here. Look again at verse uh, 31 and 32. Oh, for they are stronger than we. Well, how do you know that? Right. And uh, besides, you're not supposed to be trusting yourself. And then it, it says here. Right. They are stronger than we look at this, a land that eateth up its inhabitants. Well, then how are those people still living there? Right. Uh, And uh, we are as grasshoppers. Remember that word grasshoppers. And we are as grasshoppers. You see, the tragedy is, though, here's now how how many people were there? There were what? Twelve. There were only twelve. And yet, of course, we know that that two came back with the proper response with faith and had the proper attitude, and then 10 had the negative attitude. But here's, here's, here's the sad thing. That small group, this handful of negative believers, affected a whole generation of a nation. They affected a whole generation of a nation. Look down here, of course, at at Numbers 14, and notice a few verses. And all the congregation, look, boy, nothing uh, uh, spreads faster than negativity, right? Downhill. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. Here you went from just 10 people, and what, there were probably, what, a couple million people there, they think? Right? Probably a couple million people. All of a sudden, you go from 10 people, and boy, negativity spreads that quick. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children, look at this, all the children of Israel from 10 people, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? Look, over one negative report. Now they're ready to go back into the world. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us in this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? Look at this. Look what God did to us. 
Boy, see how devil, boy, uh, uh, a negative attitude and it slips into your mind. The next thing you know, you're blaming God. And they said one to another, let us make a captain. Let us return into Egypt. And so drop down to uh, verse 26. We'll read the, that. Verse 26 says, verse, verse 30, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, because they all went negative, and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me, and say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses, here it is, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number, look at this, from 20 years old and upward which have murmured against me, doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. So here we see a whole generation of a nation, right? Their, their, their lives are destroyed, right? Because of a handful of people with a negative attitude. Why I think about, you know, uh, the let me... I'll just talk politics for a minute here. But how many people got up today, went through their day? How many believers went through the day today with a negative attitude because of an election last night? So I want to say this. If believers in our day, if believers in our day spend more time walking around and talking with a negative attitude towards politics, Right? If they spend more time doing that than they do walking and talking with a positive attitude about the things of God, if they are more focused on a Republican political red wave across our country than a red wave of the blood of Jesus across our country, we're going to doom a generation right in our nation. And that's what I see. I see more Christians walking around with a, a negative attitude. They, listen, they were more excited. That's sad that yesterday, probably around noon when everybody thought there was going to be a big political Republican red wave, right? That they were, they were more excited. They got more excitement out of that, of a Republican red wave going across our nation, than a red wave of the blood of Jesus Christ if you will, across our nation. Well, that's, that's a sad state of affairs on our nation. That's a sad state of affairs on the condition of the church in America today. That we would be more focused, right? Of course, you know, if I, of course, did I want to see one? Well, sure. But did I, did, did I get up today? Well, I got up, you know, and I, I looked at the news and I said, oh, there wasn't a wave, there was a, there was a ripple. And I said, well, okay, well, that didn't happen. Amen. But hey, I turned. I got. I got in the Word of God and said, "You know what? Hey, we can still have a red wave of the blood of Jesus Christ, right? We can still get out there and focus on that." Now, of course, should believers be involved in politics? Yes. Do believers have responsibility to vote? Yes. But should believers put more confidence in a politician or politicians or a political party, and this including Donald Trump, to influence the country more than they should expect the church to influence the country? No. No, listen, I have, I have one hero, Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, hey, uh, I, I pay attention to what's going on. I voted, and hey, uh, you know, and, I, and I'll continue to do it. It's the right thing to do, but my hope is in Jesus Christ alone, and he determines uh, my attitude through the day. 
So one, the things that, listen, yeah, because if there's, uh, I don't want to get on that, but there's one thing that gets in my nerves. I hate negativity, hate negative attitude. I realize, and I realize we all have moments, even myself, but people with a strong foundation, right, even though they might have their moments, usually bounce back fairly quick. Right. We all have our little bit of down moments. But if we have a strong foundation, right, if we're rooted properly in the things of God, we'll bounce back quickly. Boy, how much better is it to be around people with a positive, right, attitude towards the things of God? Let's turn quickly over to Isaiah. Isaiah gives us a good example in Isaiah chapter uh, 40. Let me give you some verses uh, here, some exciting uh, verses here. Isaiah Chapter 40, I'll read verses 9 through 15. Now, here's, what, here's my favorite thing about Isaiah 40, right? I'm sure I've shared this before, right? What, Isaiah, has, Isaiah has how many chapters? I know, just as a reminder, has how many? Right? And how many books in the Bible? Right. And so how many books in the Old Testament? 39, right? And Isaiah is a wonderful picture, a uh, uh, type of the Bible. Right. And so if 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 I if Isaiah is a wonderful type or picture of, of the Bible for us, then what chapter should represent the beginning of the New Testament? Right. And, and, and how does it start out? Right. We're talking about John the Baptist. I just I just got to mention it every time because I just think that's just amazing how, how God uh, did that. Did that anyways for us. Right. In our Bible. So anyways, verse nine. Right. We'll skip over there where it talks about John the Baptist, it says, verse 9, O Zion that bringeth good tidings. Look at, look at, look at, listen to Isaiah. He's so excited here. Isaiah 9, O Zion that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. Amen. Hey, listen, uh, don't worry about that, that, that mountain over in Canaan. He said there's a higher mountain than the one in Canaan. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up and be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with them and his work before them. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm. Man, that's exciting stuff. And carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountain in scales and the hills in a balance? You see, uh, 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 Joshua and Caleb were looking at this God. Amen. This is who Joshua and Caleb are looking at. That's why they had the right attitude in the situation. Verse 13, who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, who, who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor had taught him. With whom took he counsel and instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket. And that includes Canaan land at the time with all its giants and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up his isles as a very little thing. See, the emphasis of this chapter, and of course, if you go chapters to follow, is one of comfort and redemption for the people of Israel. It was written to encourage the Jewish remnant that would be delivered from Babylon. You, as you read through there, you often see the phrase, fear not, fear not. Well, what was the problem of those over there in Numbers? They were fearing, right? But God's message is, hey, I don't care what the situation is, amen, fear not. 
Fear not, as you read through these chapters of Isaiah, because at the time, here in context, they feared the conquest of the Gentile nations. God was telling them to fear not, right? Of course, who was king most of this time? Hezekiah. And uh, God reminds them, right, to keep a proper attitude despite what's going on, that no matter how bad things get, God is true and God is great. And the heathen idols, don't worry about these Gentile nations and their, and, their, uh, and their false god. The heathen idols, the heathen ideas, and the heathen ideals are false. Look at verses 21 through 23. Have ye not known and have ye not heard? Have it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundation of the earth? Look at verse 22. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. Right? The, the Bible uh, uh, tells you the, the, the world is round, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes, look at this, to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Did you catch something there in verse 22? Now, what, what, what were they complaining about over there in, in Numbers? Oh, where is grasshoppers in our own sight? Oh, where is grasshoppers in their sight? But what does God say? He says, well, all the inhabitants of the earth are grasshoppers in my sight. <laughs> right? That's why it's good. You want to keep your focus on the Lord. Hey, it's not, hey, it doesn't matter how, it's not about how I look in my sight. Hey, I, I can look at myself. When I look at myself, what do I see? I see weak. I see feeble. I see somebody who can't do it. That's why I don't want to look at me. Hey, but when I look at him, amen, I see good. I see great, right? I see all powerful. I see somebody that, 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 that can do it. So uh, compare that verse to Numbers, so, uh, to numbers uh, uh, 13 and their attitude and response. So remember to look at your enemies and remember to look at your circumstances through God's eyes, not your own. Then you will know who the real grasshoppers are, amen, <laughs> or how they are in his sight, right? The Jewish remnant did not have to fear God because God was great enough. Notice these last few verses in Isaiah uh, uh, 40, verse, beginning verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator, the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Boy, what a God. Well, you're feeling faint. You need some strength tonight. Amen. Well, I don't care what your attitude is. Well, uh, uh, man, boy, you turn to verses like this and they'll give you what you need. Amen. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young man shall utter fall. But here's the great verse, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Boy, do you need to claim that verse tonight? You got something going on in your life? You need to, uh, uh, to claim verse 31, right? Boy, like, like Isaiah. Isaiah sets a good example, right? And, uh, of course, they, even uh, Israel was going through a tough time here. But he said, keep your eyes on the Lord. So no matter what we're going through, like Isaiah... We are to carry a message of hope within our heart that will help us face what comes our way and keep the proper attitude no matter what's going on in life. Let's finish with one more 
portion of Scripture over in Matthew chapter 7, right? And here we see one of the best means of maintaining a proper attitude no matter what's going on in our life. Matthew chapter 7, of course, uh, the Lord speaking here. So and it's, that should either be in red or if you have the Word of God in blue. In this Bible, it's in blue. Right? No, just joking. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 7, verse 12. What? The Lord speaks here and says, What? Look at that. First word ask. Ask. Well, he just gets right to the point there, and then he explains, right? Ask. Right? You got a need tonight? You something on your heart? Ask. And what? It shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. Or what man is there of you who, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or a lizard named Dorito? Sorry, I had to throw that in there. All right? Brother Lester, they have a lizard named Dorito. All right? If ye then, here it is, verse 11, if ye then, being evil, I mean, look at the nice things that you do for your kids and the really nice things you want to do for your grandkids, right? Right? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts in the church, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? You see, here the Lord himself gives us encouragement and a challenge about prayer. You see? So listen, uh, sorry, Sister Judy had to put a bad joke in there, but it, better to be a praying mantis than a grasshopper. Okay, that's my lesson for you tonight. Better to be a praying mantis than a grasshopper. Okay, teach that to the kids. Say, listen, son, I don't want you to be a grasshopper. I want you to be a praying mantis. Amen? Better, thank God. But you know what? Thank God we have the venue of prayer. Man, how many times? How many times? You know, I, I look at myself, I said, you know, we all, we all go through things, but how many times can I say whenever I sense, right? Sometimes it takes me a while to sense it, right? But whenever I sense or notice my attitude sort of going sideways, right? You know what I, I try to, what do I do? I try to seek a place of prayer because prayer is a great attitude just Boy, how many times I be so frustrated or something, man, I just got to get in and close the door and get alone with God and let him adjust my attitude. Prayer, what does it do? It pulls me back in and it gives me an attitude check because you know what? It's hard to pray with faith, right? With the wrong attitude, <laughs> right? Well, it's hard to pray in faith and you say, you know, ask, right? Seek, knock. Right? Expect something good. It's hard to do that with, you know, you're having the proper attitude about something that's going on in your life. So prayer is a great attitude adjuster. And so he challenges us here. And notice the words in verse 11. How much more and good things. Our God is the God of much more and good things. So, as, so when we face those giants... When we, when, we, when, we, when, we, when God tells us to go in and take possession of something, but we get looking at the, the circumstance or we get looking at our limited uh, ability and we see ourselves as a grasshopper instead of that situation or whatever it is as a grasshopper in the eyes of God, we need to remember 
Our God is still bigger than any giant out there. And God, as, I, as we were challenged in Isaiah 40, 31, right? They that wait upon the Lord, that God, God is worth waiting on. His will is worth waiting on. His way is worth waiting on. As I emphasize the time, his timing is worth waiting on. And there's still power in prayer. So a lot of how we handle life and say, stay consistent in life. And that's what we want to be. We want to be consistent. A lot of how we handle life and stay consistent in life has to do, again, with our attitude and our response to things that happen in our life and then how we handle those negative things. So let's purpose. Again, it's always that. It's a choice. It's making that conscious decision. Lord, I'm going to respond to the right way. We all have, you know, sometimes when I talk about anger, I, I, I you know, uh, it's like that dog on a leash, right? And, you know, so do I ever get angry? Do I get upset? But sure, you know, what I, as soon as I notice it, you know what I try to do? I try to grab that leash and pull that dog back. Some people just let the leash go. <laughs> Whew, don't do that, right? No, uh, uh, pull that, pull that uh, leash back or whatever it is. You see yourself responding wrong or getting an attitude or whatever. Man, just say, Lord, you know, help me to reel that in. And again, a good way to do it is to turn to a verse that talks about it and go to prayer. Purpose to maintain a proper attitude in your daily walk. It is one of the best tools you have. A proper, boy, the way you, just the way you come into work every day. Man, I always try to, man, when I, you know, well, I mean, I try to do that anyways uh, here when people come in. But even, you know, if I, if I worked, you know, uh, out there, man, I, I always wanted to be the, I always wanted to be the first one at work, right? Why? Because I like to greet people when they, even at work, I wanted to greet people when they come in the door, right? You know, even when people call me on the phone, I'm talking to, I'm, I'm going customer service or, or some, people are shocked. They, they, they hold on, you know, because they just want to get, you know, this is it. I always say, hey, how you doing today? How are things going? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, 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 fine, fine, right. You know, not, used to, not used to ask of that, right? But we, let's, let's be that way because having a proper attitude and responding to things the right way, again, is one of the best tools you have, one of the best tools we have for revealing to others that what we have is real. Amen, that what we have is real. Let's pray.